Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host, Chris Caraggio. Hello there. Welcome to another ACHE Healthcare Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Caraccio. Thanks so much for joining us. And our episode today, the name of it is the, the Assets of Advanced Practice Providers in the Pandemic and Beyond. So uh, we had to find the perfect guest for that, and we did. Uh, her name is Andrea Lowe. We're going to bring her in in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you a little bit more about Andrea. She is the Director of Employee Strategy for the American Academy of Physician Assistants. She has more than 18 years of experience as a physician assistant and nearly nine years experience as, a, as an administrative leader. She served as a vice president of operations and director of advanced practice clinicians for a large healthcare organization. She's got her MHA from Pace University in New York and an MBA from the George Washington University. Now, currently, Ms. Lowe sits on the advisory board of the New York uh, Tri-State Diversity Council and the executive board of the Washington Metropolitan Area Chapter of the National Association of Health Services Executives. So, a lot to digest right there, but let's bring in Andrea. Andrea Lowe, thanks so much for being on the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. You got it. Okay, so let's just jump right into things. And so, you know, so much is, and this is across the board, but so much has changed in, in the healthcare industry in the landscape over the last decade or so. But, uh, you know, pointed to your expertise, can you just start out by just telling us a little bit about how, how the roles have evolved for physician assistants and other advanced practice providers? Yeah, especially um, in, as you spoke to, having um, almost now 19 years um, as a physician assistant in the emergency room, I've definitely seen uh, that evolved. As we look at where there is a growing population of um, life expectancy and also a predicted physician shortage, one of the things I've seen is, is that there is a high demand um, for the advanced practice provider workforce um, and incorporating them in a lot of delivery models, especially now uh, in our current healthcare landscape in telemedicine and telehealth and the rural uh, medicine space where we're really seeing uh, PAs and other advanced practice providers thriving in there. Um, and then I've also seen a change where employers are recognizing that we are a workforce that's very flexible in their staffing models and incorporating us in the care delivery models has really expanded um, patient access to care uh, and really doing different out-of-the-box care delivery models, like I said, with telemedicine and telehealth. Yes, I, I would imagine that that telehealth, you know, this is because it just expedites the process, right? If you can get a physician assistant or an, another advanced practice provider uh, on the line or on a Zoom call or something like that, um, it just frees up everybody's schedule so the consumer can, can be attended to right then and there, correct? Is that a fair point? That is a very fair point. And again, especially in, in these times when we're practicing social distancing across all professions, especially healthcare, um, it really has become vital to understand the opportunities and also some of the barriers in this space when it comes to utilizing um, advanced practice providers and, and, and really making change around that. Okay, let you know, Andrea, you know, this 
pretty much goes without saying, but we're going to say it because we're on this podcast. Uh, there's there's really two schools of, of, of thought, if you will, when it comes to um, advanced practice providers uh, in, in the healthcare landscape. And I'd, I'd like you, if you can, just speak on both. One school is that um, it, it's kind of a, for lack of a better term, a disruption in, in healthcare. And on the other hand, the other school is that it's something that we kind of just touched upon is that, you know, these these professionals help out and expedite processes and just help the overall consumer uh, eases the overall overall consumer demand. Let, let's start with that that first school of thought, that disruption in healthcare. What have you seen? Yeah, so I, the disruption I've seen is really integrating um, you know, advanced uh, practice providers across all of the healthcare continuum. So we're talking from the emergency room, which is where I've worked, going into the inpatient, and then rehabilitation, um, even into hospice, uh, where 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 we're thriving. And you know, just to speak on where where some healthcare leaders feel um, that there ha are some barriers in using this workforce, which is through supervision and state legislation, which is one of the main focuses of APA and, and other advanced practice organization, is to really get legislation around being able to practice at the highest of our state licensureship and really being able to thrive in that with with not as many supervision requirements that, that are currently in place in, in different states. And, and by no means, um, again, where we, I think when people say that we help, we do help, but we also are part of the care team. And I think that is where the education comes from, from healthcare leaders, where we can, we can really be leaders, we can really uh, have a seat at the table, um, and we can really increase access uh, and 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 patients and volume and service lines um, with this workforce, and so I think that disruption comes from just how we can really contribute across the entire healthcare continuum. Where I think you know, 20 and 30 years ago, it was you know primary care practice and 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 being in search and niche markets, but now we're seeing PAs in surgery uh, in 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 hospice, as I said, in, hosp in hospital medicine. So there, there's just such a large healthcare continuum where we can really contribute um, and be part of the team, a multidisciplinary team, which I think is very important and vital. Well, being part of the team in the current state uh, is, is very important to touch upon. So let's talk about that. Here we are, we're right in the middle of, of the pandemic, depending upon what part of the country you're in. Uh, we're still right right there in it uh, with no true uh, answers, at, at least at this point. So we just have to endure and make our way through it. So how how has has the coronavirus impacted the life uh, of, uh, of an APP? Yeah, so we're, again, we're seeing um, APP serve in so many capacities and locations um, from testing to emergency department, uh, to doing some outside of the box uh, practices in primary care. And then again, a lot are going into that tele telemedicine, um, telehealth sort of uh, area of practice. Um, but also it's important to recognize that although there are a lot of PAs and NPs that are being redeployed from other specialties, um, it would be remiss of me not to say that we also have a lot of PAs who are furloughed. Um, AAPA, we recently did a national uh, PA survey a couple of weeks ago 
Um, and from those PAs that we surveyed, 22% of PAs have been furloughed due to this. So again, we've had some wins, but there's also some idle right now in, in the healthcare environment um, where PAs do not have jobs um, and, and have some opportunities in, in that, those areas as well. Yeah, do you do you anticipate? I mean, this is a tough this is a tough thing to answer, but do you anticipate maybe some of those folks getting their jobs back at some point? Um, you know, the new normal that we're all in, we we don't know if this is going to continue or if we're going to sort of go back to the way we were before. What what's so what what sort of answers do you have for those folks that are sitting at home? Yeah, so um, there is, there, to your point, there is no uh, crystal ball to sort of predict what that looks like. Um, the one thing that I'll just speak from the from the PA profession that that makes us sort of savvy and pivoting is that we can go across different specialties, and so we can work in surgery and also work in emergency medicine because we're board certified across multi different specialties. Um, so as things start to open up, and and I think healthcare uh, leaders start to kind of redo their strategy of what, to your point, is the new normal. I still think that there, there is a complete space um, for advanced practice providers. Uh, it, again, I just think a lot of that will be heavily weighed on technology and doing care in a different manner outside of the box. But I do think um, right now we're seeing it where even before pre-pandemic, where there are a lot of healthcare organizations that were incorporating telehealth uh, from the ER to primary care anyway, um, and now it's just exploding, I do think that there will be areas of opportunity um, within that. Uh, and, I, and I just think we just don't know when or where it is that healthcare organizations will be able to sort of recover from this. But I definitely think, again, because of that financial uh, cost savings of hiring advanced practice providers, we could be the answer, especially when when organizations are struggling financially at this time due to the pandemic. Um, let's switch to this topic because this is this is one of the main reasons why we wanted to talk with you today. Um, and you you mentioned it earlier, and I did in the bio. But you know, it's one thing to to be a physician assistant or an advanced practice provider in another area, but it's another thing to have a leadership role, and that's what you have done. Uh, can you talk a little bit about about PAs and other APPs getting that chance to to to, if you will, sit at the leadership table? Yeah, for sure. I think when I started in in my leadership career, PAs were more uh, chief PAs, and and that is involved into being director of advanced practice uh, providers, being over at PAs and CRNAs. Um, however, I realized a long time ago that in healthcare, it's really important to be a healthcare administrator and not just a PA uh, leader. Um, and I say that because you really have to think globally um, when it comes to finance and the book of business of medicine in order to impact the APP profession. And so there are there was and there still are a lot of barriers around and taboos of having a PA um, be more than in charge of PAs and NPs. And so 
and having a seat at the table at that part, but I also think it's important to have a seat at a more diversified level and larger table with C-suite members and other stakeholders who are really the decision makers. And so I always get a lot of questions from PAs and NPs that always say, well, how do you advocate for yourself? Um, and I think one of the things about advocating is also action. Um, and so really being mindful and purposeful with the dialogue that you have with, with others and, and high senior level healthcare leaders is very important um, in being in conversation and initiatives. But I also think when you're advocating as a leader, you really have to exhibit what it is that you want for people to understand about the profession. So that comes to having a great worth ethic showing up, saying yes, and, and being in those uncomfortable, there were many things um, before even I got my master's in health administrations, I'd be in some meetings and, and, and wonder, well, wow, this is, this is kind of out of my comfort zone from being a clinician. But being at those tables and saying yes, that's how you grow and that's how you learn. And I think that's also a real big part of advocacy and sort of getting your seat at the table as well. Yeah, nicely said. That, that, that really answered the question. Hopefully that was uh, really something that folks listening to this podcast uh, in, in the position maybe you were in a couple of decades ago or, or something like that can really digest and, and, and take a hold of. Um, from the other side, though, Andrea, what, what pieces of advice, if you will, can you impart to maybe the healthcare leaders that, that want to find ways to, to integrate APPs into their long-term strategies, but they might not know exactly how to do that. What would you, what would you let them know? Yeah, so I think one of the fundamental um, and foundational part is this is really educating. So educating healthcare leaders on what advanced practice providers um, as a workforce can do and how you can integrate them into your care delivery model. Um, I also think understanding um, and forming really fair bylaws is also important and it will help to streamline that workforce as well in order to make real change. And also get familiar with the um, financial gains of employing this workforce. There is huge amount of, of financial ben benefits from hiring us and, and starting residency programs around APPs that will have, again, help to impact things such as burnout, um, when you have an increased flex in volume, um, when you have areas of opportunity where recruiting is an issue, all those can be answered by having APP residencies. Um, so really looking at all of those dynamics and understanding how it can benefit the organization and, and impact patient quality, um, safety, and patient satisfaction, uh, I think are all important ways and part of a great strategic plan for a healthcare leader. And, and I'm not saying this is being biased as a PA leader, but I also think it's important to have an APP on your leadership team because it truly is a different workforce with a lot of intricacies and having somebody who understands that and understands how to lead through that um, is super important. Um, I know being on teams and strategic teams and healthcare organizations that wanted to start a new APP service line, me being at that table and sort of saying, hey, well, wait a minute, you didn't think about this or supervision policies, just things that they either have not thought about or need to think about having somebody at the at the seat at the table who is kind of um, a subject matter expertise as is if you want to say I think is super important as well. 
You know, finally, uh, Andrea, we, we want to talk to you about your tie to ACHE. I mean, you're a member, you're also a chapter leader with other professional associations. How much of an impact, what kind of value is that for you? And this will be important for folks listening. Yeah, so I think um, for me, being part of professional organization has brought such an insurmountable value to my career. Uh, being a member of ACHE has contributed to what I was discussing earlier of not just being a PA leader, but being a healthcare leader. Um, and there is a difference. Uh, and I think ACHE through um, all of the seminars and 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 webinars and, and actually lectures that I've been involved with has really helped me to continue to think of, of being a healthcare leader from a global access and a global um, aspect, excuse me. And then also being on the board for um, NASI, which uh, is a healthcare organization that uh, supports mentors and engages black healthcare leader has also played a significant role in my career. Um, I think that it it allows you to to form mentors and it allows you to have almost a cohort of individuals uh, that you can share experiences with, learn from, um, and be open to a lot of things. So I think having that connection is is really important. And it also promotes professional and personal growth. I think when you are part of associations and healthcare organization, it really does help to curate sort of what your why is and what you're passionate about when it comes to, to healthcare. And that helps to navigate things that you want to be involved with and be purposeful in that involvement. Yeah, that, I guess that old cliche, it, it's who you know, it's the connections you make, it's that networking. Um, that's so valuable. And um, I know you're living proof of that. So hopefully some, some people can kind of follow in your footsteps after hearing this podcast. Yes, I hope so. It, it, and, and we want to get more advanced practice providers in, in, in ACHE. It really is um, such a benefit. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that, that I think is important. And, and I know for, from our conferences, we promote ACHE all the time, especially when people want to get into those leadership positions. Um, so it's been very beneficial for, for me and I think can be for others, especially from that AAPP cohort. Well, this was certainly the discussion we were hoping for with this episode. So Andrea Lowe, I, I want to thank you so much for joining the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Uh, I, I, I think some people learned some, some things today listening. Well, thank you so much for having me and for this opportunity. It's been a pleasure. You got it, Andrea. We'll see you on down the road. And folks, we will see you next time on the Healthcare Executive Podcast. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast. Brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ache.org. <laughs>